What's going on, y'all? This is Josh from High Heads, and I'm sitting here with Kylie Conversations, about to get it in. All right, so thanks, guys, for tuning in to another episode of Cloudy Conversations. Today's guest is clothing designer, podcast host, father, husband, and as he just mentioned, owner of High Heads uh, Shop, Josh Raglan. Um, thanks for sitting down and talking with us today. Of course. Um, for any of the new fans to the platform or anyone who doesn't know about you, um, how I like to kind of conduct these interviews is to get to know the person behind the brand and then kind of get into, um, you know, what your plans are for the future and what you got going on now. Gotcha. Um, so um, where are you from? From Harrisburg. Grew up on the hill. Um, went to Harrisburg High. Um, yeah. Um, and what year did you graduate from the high? Oh, nine. Okay, so that kind of gives me an idea of what year you were at the high and what right. was going on up there. Um, what kind of things did you like to do as a kid, teenager? Mm, I like wrestling. I were you on wrestling. the team? WWF. No, I'm talking about Oh, like the wrestling. Yo, that's crazy. You're like the third guy I interviewed who has said this. That like. was, if they're around that age range, wrestling was like life. You know what I mean? I liked wrestling. I liked drawing. Um... What else did I like? I used to like running, you know what I mean? Never got on the track team though. My mom used to trip, but um, I like running. I like, I like running, so yeah. Um, and then also as a kid, you, you so you liked the sports, but you didn't necessarily play for the teens, but were you like outside on the court with it? Because like, yeah. I remember back in the day before we had like, you know, a lot of technology, outside mm -hmm. was kind of the thing to do. Yeah, so. yeah. I definitely played. I played basketball on a team um, young, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade around that time. Like I played basketball. I got to high school and I was just on some other stuff. So I went to the tryouts and the same day I was like, bro, I never got time for this. <laughs> and this is when Smallwood, yeah, Smallwood's been a coach Smallwood for years. Was there, so yeah, it was like, absolutely. you're definitely not just coming to practice if you Nah, it was like, bro, you're doing way too much. <laughs> uh, and uh, playing for the high is always difficult because it's always like a stacked team, especially absolutely. the boys. It's like, there's, it's crazy how much talent is there it every is, year. It is. And I wasn't willing to uh, work that hard in basketball, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> I was worried about girls and other stuff I shouldn't be worried about. So you was like a ladies' man back oh in the God. day. Horrible. Horrible, yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you bad reputation with the ladies? Uh, back in the day, yeah, I'm good now. I'm, you know, yeah, you're married now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm all good. I don't would you have pictured yourself being married and like the family man that you are now back in the day? You know what's so crazy? I did. I did. I always knew at some point. This is crazy. I always knew at some point I would have to change. I always knew it. <laughs> 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, I always knew at some point, yo, I'm going to have to choose another way to live. I just wasn't willing to do it at that time. <laughs> well, you're young, yeah, so you got to get it in. Absolutely. And was that thought process of you knew you were going to have to change come from, like, the examples in your household? Like, maybe your father, or just maybe the wisdom that your mom instilled in you. Like, boy, you know you're not going to be able to keep living like this. Nope. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth. And it, I ain't trying to sound crazy, <laughs> but God was always talking to me. Yo, I this believe is it. crazy. I believe As that. As a young boy, like, people always say, yo, you're different. There's something different about you. When you grow up, you're going to be different. You're different. It was definitely not, it wasn't the household. Now I mean, it's all bad about my household, but it wasn't <laughs> my household. The truth. Um, I didn't know my dad really until I was like 18. Okay. Um, my mom worked, you know what I mean? She worked hard. Like, I'm on, I never knocked that, but she didn't know to teach. 
She didn't know what she was to providing. Teach. She was, you know, since she had that on her plate, opposed she didn't to, know. you know, she had no, she she had two boys, and she had no idea what a boy growing up needed. She no idea, and I don't blame her for that. You know what I mean? It's normal, right? And you know? were you the oldest of your siblings? Youngest, the youngest, okay. Youngest, nine years younger than my oldest brother. Oh, okay, so that's kind of like a big gap. And was yeah. he like a, a kind of like a father figure in your life? No, nah. no, he was, <laughs> <laughs> he was that older brother. Nah. He did whatever he was doing. You know what okay. I mean? And was there any other siblings in the house, or it was just you and your brother just from me your and mom? My brother growing okay. up, yeah. And did did you know of any other siblings from your dad, or you just? I knew of them. They're like way older than me. Now. Okay, so it's like you're really the youngest I'm the out of youngest everybody. Youngest. Yeah, Dang. yeah. Okay. Um. So you already mentioned that you know your brother and you kind of did your own things growing up, mm-hmm. and you didn't really know your father until you were about eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that kind of harbored you as a child, or it didn't really affect you because you I never? I didn't even know it was a thing. Like I grew up, I was just watching the interview last night, and uh, the dude was like, "Did did he asked him, yo, did you ever have you not having a father in the household? Did it affect you?" And he was like, "No, nah, nobody had a dad in their household." And it's the truth, none of us had dads. None of my friends had dads in their house, you know. So it wasn't even a normal thing to have a dad. So my mom was just, you know, it was just like, "What am I, I, I missing?" My mom, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't even. I was talking to my cousin once, and he did have that feeling of like, "I wish my dad was." I didn't even know that a dad was really even a thing. Like, it was just like, bro, this is my mom. Like, yeah, we like, good. I, never <laughs> I don't even talk to homie. Like, it, ah. so. Nah. And when you became 18 and you did, you know, speak to him, did you realize maybe it was something that you kind of missed out on? Or you mm-hmm. was just like, nah, I'm kind of cool. Like, I thank God <laughs> that he did not raise me. And I don't mean to knock homie because we cool now. But not... I, I became exactly who I wanted to be, and it happened exactly where they should have happened. You know, there. Matter of fact, I'm gonna go back. There was a father figure in a way, but homie was thrown off. <laughs> so young, I picked up some of those ways. Like he was super aggressive, and you know, he was just. It did the negative traits of kind of yeah what it means it, to teach it to you to be a man. Yeah, he was married and messed up. It was just. And he was a pastor at the same oh, time. And it always, yo, it always be them. My like. dad was a pastor. Crazy, right? Yeah. Crazy, man. So, um, he left a bad uh, taste in my mouth as I got older. The, the guy who wasn't around mm-hmm. for left a bad taste in my mouth. Once I started to realize what it was, what a man was, um, he put a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm like, man, and I never had a chance to even, like, I cut him off when I got a little older. When I got like late teens mm-hmm. and like cut him off. So I never had a chance to really have that real conversation with him. And I still want to. I, hope, I wonder if he, I don't know if he's alive or what, but um, I love to have a real right, conversation. Right, just let him know, like, you kind of, I fell off of you for such yeah. and such reason, but he, I got older and realized what you was teaching wasn't yeah. going to make me prevail in any type of way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I would like to know why and what happened to him to make him think that that was the way. Yeah, because it always throws me off a little bit, like, when people are in the church because like you said like like I relate to you saying God's been in your ear since a child mm-hmm. so when it's like I feel like I know the Lord very well and yeah. what he teaching me and telling me ain't got right. nothing to do with what y'all is doing and what y'all supposed to be portraying so how right. do you feel comfortable preaching and saying living this life but nothing you're doing is like lining up to that this is a contradiction yeah you know what's amazing about that Typically, when people grow up like that, they have like a bad taste in their mouth about church. Mm-hmm. It never really affected. You know what it did for me? It helped me have a real perspective that these are just people. It helped me have that perspective mm-hmm. that 
I, when I go to church, I got to make sure I have my own relationship with God. And I can't trust you to tell me how I should have this relationship. You know, that's a fact. I got to have my own relationship. That is not, a fact. Not how you're telling me to have the relationship, but the way that me and him build the relationship, you know. Yeah, and I, like not even just as you were starting to paint your picture now, I can kind of see your your guidance was the Lord. Like in in so many ways, like He guided you by keeping your father out of your life because He knew what you pictured for yourself and what you envisioned, and you were listening to Him early. So yeah. He said, "All right, well, He's listening early. Let me feed Him." Like, of course, yeah. you're gonna go through your trials and tribulations because that's what anybody to develop their person. But like you said, when you start meeting them at different points or separating yourself, like y'all not really the people I need to right. have around me. And you were young making those decisions, right. so it shows just a certain type of maturity and uh, willingness to take hold of your own future. Absolutely. Now, um, did you end up graduating from school? Mm-hmm. I graduated from the high, almost didn't. Um, I don't know if you knew, like, at the high, they had, like, the credit recovery thing. Did you know no, I'm say I wasn't. You didn't go to high. You went to yeah. At yeah. the high, all right. They, they had this thing called credit recovery. So I never went to school. Like, my ninth and 10th grade year, and I was very smart. I've always been a smart person, but I was so wrapped up in the life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I was so wrapped up in it. And my mom was cool. Like, she was like, yo, you don't want to go, you want to go. Because she didn't graduate. She, she wasn't like, it wasn't like a thing mm-hmm. that I had to graduate. So my mom was super laid back. Like, I could have girls in the crib. I could do whatever I want in the house. She just didn't want me to do no, it outside, outside the house, mm-hmm. you know. But I got to a certain age where it was like, Mom, you can't stop me. I'm you know? outside. Yeah, dude, there's nothing you can do. But um, I graduated. I almost did not graduate. I shouldn't have graduated. <laughs> I don't even know how I graduated. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. The day before graduation, I was sitting inside my English class. Shout out to Miss Pirelli. If you hear this, dude, <laughs> my nigga, yo. Um, I'm sitting in there She let me sit in the class And I'm doing like The credit recovery stuff It's basically You just gotta take these like I don't know Like little way. test type Yeah like Little project type shit yeah. yeah So I'm taking it It's like yo I could not finish it I'm like yo And at the point I'm crazy Crazy Listen Most of it got done I had girls doing it for me I knew you was gonna Most say that Most of it got done from that But it was just one part That I just didn't get done and I'm sitting in the classroom, Miss Brother come in, and I'm telling you, I'm sitting in the class. Oh my God, I'll never forget this. You taking me back. So I'm sitting in the classroom, and I stopped everything, and I said, God, I would, I promise, I change my life if you let me get through this, y'all. I can't. I was like, I broke down in the classroom. I'm like, yo, I can't not graduate. Like, right, like it ain't like I'm a dumb dude. It's not. There's no way I can't not graduate. And uh, the teacher comes in the classroom. This is, and this is a true story. Teacher comes in the classroom. I'm like, Miss Farrelly, I don't know what I'm going to do, yo. She said, just go down there and see if your tickets is there. I was like, I didn't finish. My tickets can't be there. She's like, just go down there and see if your tickets is there. So I went to the counselor. I didn't even go down there. I went to the counselor. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to figure it out. I can't. He said, it's too late. It's too late. So I went down to the auditorium where they're practicing. I'm in the classroom while they're practicing. So I go down to the auditorium. My tickets is there. When I tell you that next day, I was nervous that they wasn't going to come home. Yo, listen, I was sitting like, oh, you got my tickets, but y'all ain't get that assignment, so. Yeah, I better, uh, better call my name. Man, I was shaking in my boots. They started getting to the R's. I was like, they called my name, listen. Never happened up so quick. I was up there dancing, boy. I was like, ooh. I ain't supposed to be here. I even thought, it was to the point where I thought that my diploma, because after you graduate, you walk into the 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 other office and you get your diploma I'm like dang go have my drink the folder yo I was I was scarred I'm like you're traumatized yeah but yeah that's how that went no that's funny and it's like I think the high like 
It's a, it was a tough place to, to attend, even though I never went there. You yeah. heard the stories, yeah, you know what was going on. But I don't think it was just a reflection of the education. We got to keep in mind the environment these mm, kids growing up absolutely. in. And when we come to school, too, most times, them eight hours is the only escape you get right. from any type of craziness that's going on at home and it's not popular in the black community or most communities to talk about the trauma that you're enduring in your house so it's like when you think about it kids come to school at 7 30 in the morning ready to fight and shit it's like what is you going through like what's happening like i need to (laughs) talk to you right now because that ain't normal to wake up with that much aggression in your heart that you want to come and inflict pain on somebody else like for no reason at all well well from our perspective no reason yeah but it took me a long time to get older to start realizing, like, the environment. Because like, when you grow up in Harrisburg, you're not really understanding, like, yo, we're really locked in the trenches. Like, there's right. a lot of stuff going on here that should not be going on. Mm-hmm. But to us, this is normal. And it right. wasn't until I got older and started traveling and realizing, no, that's actually crazy as fuck. Right. That. <laughs> like, y'all, y'all not scared right now? They just start right. shooting what y'all running for. Like, they ain't it's shooting crazy. at us. Like, it's crazy, right? Super crazy. So I definitely understand you mean as far as, like, not knowing you not thinking you're going to graduate and then getting to that point and just still nervousness because now you're probably thinking damn i was kind of bullshitting all this time but i'm not dumb like why was i playing myself mm-hmm. like this and it's like you think about it the product of our environment is real hard to to separate ourselves from what is going on daily like yeah so i definitely get that um, now, as a kid, you did mention like you like to draw and stuff like that. So, did you notice early that you had skills in that more in the art- artistic side, or? Um, yeah, yeah, probably um, around like seven, eight. I started really drawing. Um, by the way, I don't use none of that now. <laughs> I don't draw at all, not at all. It's not at not, all. Before you even got there, not even, I don't even, not even a little bit. I don't draw at. All. Oh, you know, my wife draws. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's like you got the paint slash. I don't touch. I don't have the patience for it no more. Like, I don't. I, all right, put it like this. My my mind is, is I can't fathom why I'm drawing. Like, why? For what? Like, I can go do I, something else. Like, yeah. I'd rather watch an interview or so. Like, you know, so nah, it, it doesn't. But yeah, I started drawing early. Um, loved it to death. I love Dragon Ball Z. I used to like draw a lot of Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. Um, and eyes. I used to draw eyes all the time. I had no <laughs> idea why, but I used to draw eyes all the time. And was there anything else like back then? Were you into fashion as well? Were you making anything, or that's kind of like? Mm-mm. It wasn't until I was about I was in eighth. I was in seventh grade. Um, now you know what? I did always have a. I did like clothes, but I didn't really start wearing what I wanted to. I remember I had a conversation with my mom when I was like twelve, thirteen. I'm like. Getting older now, mom. I I need uh, you know, need that <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Before then, we was going to shoot department. Yeah. I, even in shoot department, I would try to get the dopest boots. The dope, like even they then, had some heat in there. They did. Day, you like. know what I mean? And then you know, you twelve, thirteen, you can get away with stuff like that. You can do that. So I go and like, I always was into dressing. I definitely was. Um, but it it got real for me around like seventh, eighth grades when I really started like really getting into it. And um, seventh, eighth grade, we're like fourteen, fifteen, and that's also around the time you said you were like with the girls and everything. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like you had a whole persona mm-hmm. of like, were you a pretty boy? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna say because that's what I was getting, like pretty Definitely. boy vibe. Definitely pretty boy, but I was, but I could fight. Listen, you know what I'm saying? But you seem like <laughs> listen. But I could fight. I was pretty, but I could fight. <laughs> were you the type to like antagonize the fight, or you were the friend who was like, oh, they popping off, or I'm coming like? 
I was the guy who would fight for somebody else. If they getting in a fight, it's like, hold up, bro, I got this. <laughs> like, or are you talking about my homie? Oh, you gotta see me. Like, I was that guy. I never picked a fight. I was never picking a fight. But you're not going to <laughs> mess with my yeah, guy. Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or even some. I didn't. I don't like bullies. I don't like stuff like that. Um, but I've always been a good dude. I've always been a nice guy. Like, I never was picking a fight or messing with people or anything. I was never a bully or nothing like that. But I wasn't. I didn't even want to fight. I, but I just I wasn't afraid to fight though. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I knew how to fight. So was just, there ever a fight that didn't go your way per se? I'ma tell you it was this fight that changed my perception on, on fights. I'ma tell you this. Never forget it. I never forget it. I thought that every fight I got in, we was like, we was gonna box and whatever. Alright? So check this out. So this was tenth grade, eleventh grade. It was one of them grades. First of all, he was like six, oh. two, <laughs> but I didn't care. I'm like, dude, bro, I put the hands on. Like, I didn't care. I didn't care. Like, I don't care nothing about your height. I don't care about none of that. What I wasn't prepared for changed change me as a fighter for life. I wasn't prepared for being tackled. Mm. He played football. Too. Okay, so I wasn't prepared to be tackled. <laughs> the only thing he you. did was tackling. So it wasn't like I got beat up. It was just like. I'm not prepared to stop him. Right, like, yeah, I'm trying to throw my hands and he's right. trying to toss me around. Right, I'm saying, nigga, let me get in my stance. No, like. That, it changed my perspective on fighting from there. And I said, yo, no more am I sitting here, like, trying to, oh, we just standing up boxing. Boxing, no, nah. I'm putting this down. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Now, um, kind of start to transition into the business side of you. Mm -hmm. um, what was your first business venture? Store, uh, clothing store. The clothing store. Yeah, when I was 20, 21, 20 or 21, I can't remember, I opened up a store in the Harrisburg Mall. That was my first store, clothing store. It was called Distinct CS. Was that the one by the food court? That was mine, too. It oh. was one before that. <laughs> okay, then. It was one where GameStop is on the side of okay, GameStop. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Yep, so that was the first one. The one where the soup place used to be. Mm -hmm. That was my first one. The, other, the one by the food court was the second one. And, so. um... What happened with those businesses? All right. First one, super young, and then I didn't understand business at all. I knew I understood how to get the money, and I understood that I wanted to do clothing brand. I, want, I mean, it wasn't even a clothing brand. I was recent, I was doing what, like, Sneaker Villa does, where you buy, get brand, get the brands, other brands. And then resell. Resell them. I was doing basically what the Villa does. And um, so, first of all, anybody that's interested in anything like that, Understand that if you're doubling your money in clothes, you're going to lose eventually. You can't double if you. It's moving too slow, especially if you have a storefront or something. It's moving too slow. You got to pay rent, and all you're making is double. It's not. It's not going to work out well. I didn't understand that. My first month, I made about ten thousand dollars. The first month, at twenty one, I was hype. I'm like, I'm blown. Boy, listen, I blew that bread. <laughs> I thought it was going to be consistent. It consistently got lower and lower and lower and lower until I had to give it up. And was that a tough point when you came to that realization? Like, oh, when I say tough, listen, I never, I never wanted to work a job again. I already knew that from that point. I'm like, I never want to work a job again. But I had to go back. I knew I had to go back to a job. And um, my second son was on was on the way. And I remember a story. I tell the story a lot. I was sitting in the store, and um, one of my close friends worked that journey. She was the manager of journey. She's sitting in the store with me, you know, and I talk. And I was just talking to her about the situation. I'm like, yo, my son on the way. I'm, I'm using my bill money 
to pay the bills at the store, so I'm about to lose my townhouse. Like it's going I'm down. and I'm twenty two I'm twenty or twenty one. I'm about to lose everything and I see it happening. And I don't have the understanding on how to stop it. I didn't know how to stop it. I'm like, yo, it's just happening. I don't know what to do. I don't so I remember sitting in the store and I was telling her like what was going on and I broke down. I'm like, bro, like, I'm young, I'm working hard. What's going on? The city's not coming out. They what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like and it was tough. That was that was extremely tough, but it made me way stronger. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, because you end up opening up another location in the same mall. Same mall. I said, yo, I'm, all right, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to do this again. And keep in mind, back then, Harrisburg Mall was actually decent. I'm going to say, the malls had never been the best, but it did have some high points. It was decent back then. <laughs> it had the, still had like the Express and the Victoria's Secrets and the American Evil and whatever else that was like, in there back It could accumulate then. some type of foot traffic. Absolutely. So... Uh, I remember situations when I was in there, man. And it was just like people would just they'll see me and they'll be like, "I'm not going there with that nigga." Yo. Like, and I'm like, oh, "I don't even know you." <laughs> but the first time I experienced black people having issues with black people, that's the first time I ever experienced anything like that, yo. And I'm like, "Yo, you don't even know me as a you don't even know, you know." And you walking, I see you walking fast to the store, and as soon as you see me, you like, "No," it just turned right around, yo. Crazy. Um, but yeah, that. That experience was amazing. Um, not at the moment, but now looking back, that experience was amazing. Opened up the second shop. Um, more understanding, but still not enough to understand what I was doing wrong. I ended up going from there, and this is when the mall started declining. Mm-hmm. At that point, the second store is when the mall just started. Everything was leaving. I'm like, oh, we just sitting here. The mall's dead. We just yeah. sitting here right now. I didn't understand marketing at Oh, I didn't understand how to leverage anything. Like, I didn't understand. Yeah, it just was a. It was just. I'm gonna open my store. We going work. Like, yep. <laughs> and then and listen. So we ended up transferring. We ended up leaving the Harrisburg Mall. We went to Capital City Mall. Capital City Mall taught me a whole nother lesson, which is make sure you do your business right. So, I went to Capital City Mall, and first of all, the price is way higher. Yeah, I'm about to say, I can only imagine what you yeah. were paying for that one. This is right before Dave & Buster's was about to come. Okay. Like, this was probably, they said it was coming, but it ended up being longer. I remember we got in there, it was like, yo, Dave & Buster's is coming in a few months. Um, So we get in there, and I see the space a couple months before we actually move in. The space looked good. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. So th- this was... Probably like October, November, December, somebody had came in there just for the holidays. I didn't go look at the space after that. Mm. So I just went in there, paid the money, signed the contract. I went to the space. Mm. It was a wow. It was holes in the wall, like, holes happened? in the floor. Stuff was ripped out the walls. Paint was, it was just crazy. I'm like, I looked at my, my cousin. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I called her up. She said, look, you paid the money. You locked in. There's nothing I can do. I'm like, yeah, like that. She said, yes, all right, this is what we're going to do that. I said, I'm going to be here for this month. I'm going to get my money back, and I'm dipping. I'm dipping. You going to do me like that? I'm going to do you like that? Hey, it is what it is. I deal with the consequences eventually. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, that taught me how to actually pay attention to the business of the business. You know what I mean? Not just worrying about getting this space and get this money. So then, um, 
after you went to the Capital City Mall and they kind of, I feel like, kind of try to finesse you, which out of that uh, venture, where did you go? Uh, I took a break. You took a break. I said, you know what? I actually was deciding whether or not I would ever do it again. I was like, um, it, at this point, I'm blaming the city. You know, I'm blaming the city. I'm blaming the city. I'm blaming the city. I'm like, yo, this. And, and partly it is dealing being in a small city, small mm-hmm. population. Not that mon- much money circulating. It, it that, to a degree that is a, a, but it also is the my lack of knowledge, which is, um, which is what uh, really, I blame myself. Now it's I'm not blaming cities for nothing. It's me. I'm the reason why I'm here. So I, if it is a city, I'm gonna blame me because I decided to sit here. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there. I had took a break for maybe like a year and a half. I was working and uh, on and off working. And I started a brand. Um, I think I can. I, don't know. I think that's. I think that's how it went. Um, so then, none of this was high hedge yet. Okay. This wasn't high hedge yet. It was distinct. It was chalice, and then, and then high heads came. And High Heads was the first idea was it's going to be a hat store. Okay. And it wasn't named High Heads yet, <laughs> by the way. So my wife came up with the name High Heads. And I thought it was corny at first. <laughs> I was like, nah, ain't no way I'm naming something High Heads. So then I sat on it for a little bit. I thought about it, put my own meaning behind it, and I opened up another shop. And um, that was the first High Heads store over on... Um, I think it was across the street from uh, City Middle School. Okay, yeah. Um, next to GQ. Look, it's lame. Yep. So I opened up the store next door to GQ. And um, another situation where I'm rushing. I hope y'all paying attention to these stories about business, y'all. Because I got <laughs> This is game. <laughs> another story of me trying to rush into something. And I'm paying attention to the business, but not enough. For me to make clear decisions on it, right? Mm-hmm. So the space was super small, and they charged an arm and leg. And keep in mind, I've been doing this by this time. I've been doing it for like five, six years. I've been doing business, so I know when somebody trying to get over. I knew it from. I knew that from the go. And I'm like, I just gotta, I gotta get going. Yes, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to no mall. And I wasn't familiar. I'm like, yo, I don't know any other. I'm not going on the hill, open up a store. I'm just not. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so I was just trying to figure it out so I'm like that opened up I actually ran into uh, my guy uh, Dwayne Mallard I ran into him at a store he was like my cousin he got a uh, spot blah 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 and I'm like oh dope give me his number blah 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 so that's how he linked me in with that um, but I ain't gonna go too deep into the story cause I you know I ain't got no ill feelings against nobody but um, they wasn't prepared for what I was prepared for and I ended up Getting out of that. Yeah, say separate from that yeah, one as well. Getting out of that. And from there, um, me and my wife started Mrs. Paint Party, which is a paint party business. Mm-hmm. Also. So we do that. We started that and we opened up a, a, a spot down the street from here. Um, and we split it half and half. So she did paint party, similar <laughs> to what's Right. So, um, so she, we should split it half and half. And um, that's when I started really building high heads and understanding the business behind mm-hmm. what I was doing. That was, yeah, 
Okay. Now you mentioned her a few times, your wife, um, in regards to you know her helping you with the idea for, it, and then you guys kind of being co-business partners. Um, so when did y'all meet? Like when did y'all become? Me and my wife been together since my second store. Me and her met right before my second store. Um, we've been married four years. We've been together five years, maybe a little over five. So when you first met her, did you know? Because some guys say, oh, I knew I was like, that was going to be my wife. No, like. no. <laughs> Excuse my friend. I love you. I, let you. I know she's going to watch it. But no, no. Truth be told, no, I didn't like her at all. <laughs> I didn't like her at all. Wasn't my type. Wasn't my type. No way. Um, we was just actually having this conversation last night. Um. I didn't like her at all. No, it wasn't love at first sight at all. <laughs> it was something that, as time went on, and I don't want to sound like a, like a dick or not, but a lot of times when you're around somebody long enough, you start to grow and change and develop as a person. Mm -hmm. So with her, me, I'm already learning. I've always been in self-development, always been, you know what I mean? So she's starting to see another perspective of a man. Mm -hmm. outside of these fools like she's seeing a whole nother perspective so her as a person starts to change i start to see it i start to like her we get together okay so yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like you put her on the rail and now she hate lanes like, right like, you know what i mean and that's a, that's a key factor that most guys i don't think acknowledge in the kind of woman they deal with or attract because yeah. if you're not presenting yourself as something that a woman should you know not say put on a pedestal but she respect like you're not providing you're not giving me game you're not making my mind wonder right. you're not giving me nothing what am i what are you watering to me that i can you know give back to you nothing yes. so she kind of like seeing how you were stepping in that's a real woman like oh i can learn something from him and yeah. adjust it now look you guys have come together and blossomed pride more than y'all would have apart so. absolutely I think that is, that's a dope um, experience. And not most, well, I feel like now it's transitioning for people to actually, you know, speak on being married, yeah. uh, praising, you know, the, the relationship. Because back in the day, especially like for celebrities, like, oh, no, you're single, you're a sex symbol. Like, don't let them yeah. know. But now, like, I got a wife. Like, we got a family. Right, we're we're right. building together. And that's yeah. also helping to change, I think, the perspective of the black community and the that's black it. family. Yeah. Um, I, I seen a statistic, uh, like, last week. I don't know if it was real or not, but it was just saying, like, the. It, the rates has changed like from when you were kids and there yeah. wasn't no fathers in the home like yeah. nine times out of ten that's not going to be the circumstance and even if the mother and father might not be together the father is still, still present there, in right. the kid's life so um i don't know what transition or if it's just like that generational thing with kids like i didn't have my dad but right. i'm not going to be it repeat that cycle but i think that's kind of dope to uplift and continue to push forward um then when did you become a father? Like is your, you had kids before her, or oh yeah, okay, all right. I'm gonna give you a real conversation. Right? <laughs> like I said, I grew up no father, no understanding, no guidance, no nothing. I'm I've I've been a nigga most of my life. <laughs> Listen, I ain't, I don't mean that in a good way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I have three baby moms. Okay, I have five kids. One is actually is my wife's daughter. But I have four kids to three different women. Okay. Got me? Um, my first son was born three days after I graduated high school. Okay. So he's 13. He's about to be 13 in a month. My second son was born 2014. That was when I was getting out of my first store. And then when me and my wife got together, she wanted more kids. I did not. <laughs> I did not. I was cool with my two. But she wanted 
more kids, we end up having twins. Oh, dang. <laughs> dang, more kids for right, sure. Like. Right. I shouldn't have listened to her. <laughs> but yeah, we ended up with twins. They're dope, though. Uh, get on my nerves, but they dope. Um, so yeah, I forgot the question you asked me. But um, Pretty much, I was trying to figure out, you know, when the kids came along. And, oh, okay. Um, pretty much the dynamic is how that works. So when you said you had your first kid out of high school, we kind of had like a kid that kind of made your pivotal points at business as well. Like coming yeah. out of high school, you kind of made that point of wanting to start your business a yeah. couple years later. Then after the first store, you had your son, your second son. Yeah. And then when you had the twins, because um, you said you guys were married pretty much a year after a meeting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was a quick transition. And Very then quick. how soon did the kids come after? Probably right after we, uh, what's the, no, matter for me, ah, mm. my babies are about before, so yeah, so around the same time, yeah. yep, same time. Same so time. yeah, it's like you have a lot of like high pivotal moments in personal and in business yeah. throughout them years, and it's kind of like been a little bit of a roller coaster. But I'm telling you, it's not a good, it's not a good thing. <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all straight up, like having kids while you're trying to pursue something is dumb. I, and, I, and I'm gonna say, it, I want to be blunt so that you understand that it wasn't a smart decision for me to do that because I have very big goals mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm a very present father and I'm a very present husband and it's hard to chase two rabbits. <laughs> Going a different direction, so. It's hard. Me being a me being a day-to-day father and husband, uh, um, what's the word I want to use? It, uh, it contradicts me wanting to be a millionaire. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say it that way, but it, it is because I can't, I can't give my attention to my kids as much as I want if I'm chasing a business and I can't get my vice versa. It's a balance and it's always going to be a balance. But when you think about it, do you feel you do it well? And especially as your kids are growing up and as the business continues to grow, would you find yourself having a difficult, find it difficult to choose between being present for the kids or having to sacrifice and do something for the business that you know is going to benefit them in the future absolutely it's always a choice it's always a choice i have to make in between the two and i'm 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 so honest i'm gonna tell you the truth i'm a very honest person so i'm not going to sugarcoat and make it sound pretty having kids and being full-time parent and you want to be a part of everything you want to help them out with the learning you know my kids some some of my kids are homeschooled um, like trying to be that person, you know, I try to be dad, dad, like mm-hmm. I'm here for every, we're going to run, we're going to go out, we're going to throw the baseball, we're going to go in, we're going to do school. I'm going to teach like my, my, both of my, my sons, my older sons are, they learned how to read when it was three, four and I taught them how to read when okay. they were three, four years old. It's hard to be that consistent in that area, but then also try to build this over here because you got to be that consistent for that too mm-hmm. so you, it's like another kid it's a whole nother kid yeah. and it's it's a newborn you know what <laughs> I mean? Nothing without you. if you neglect that child it's going to die so it's like i honestly i just came up with man you better get me talking <laughs> so i learned something in the past probably year of my life at the end of the day my kids going to do what they want to do the best thing I can do is give them the, I can give them the guidance but I used to stress over the fact of like dang you're not I didn't raise you to be like that I didn't why are you acting like I used to stress over it 
and I realized something. My kids are just human beings. Mm-hmm. They're going to do human being stuff. People are just people. My kids are people at the end of the day, and I can't stop them from making their own decisions. Mm-hmm. So I started to step back a little bit and not being so. Oh, what you? Oh, you? What you doing? You? You good? And um, I. It pushed me being like that as they get older. It starts to like. It starts to push them away in a sense, you know what I mean? Because um, my other kids' parents are more lenient. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can play a video game when you want. You can watch TV when you want. I'm like, how much you learned today before you pick up that video game? Mm-hmm. Did you read for an hour? You ain't playing that game for an hour if you ain't read for an hour. Like, I'm like that. So if you have to choose between... A kid's never going to choose the the hard way. Like They're mm-hmm. not interested. It's a special kind of kid that's going to be like, yo, all right. My dad want me to do some hard stuff today, and I love him for it. Like, nah, nah, nah. They they no, want to like, pick up Fortnite. Yeah. They they want the switch. They want they want to play all the games. They want to watch the TV. They want to watch YouTube. They want to do that stuff. And um, I made the decision, man. Like, I'm going to be who I am, and they just got to deal with it. But I'm also not going to be so non-present that yeah they don't have any like. Well, my dad he was around, but he ain't really interact with right. Me. I'm, that's the part where it's like, all right, I'm 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 stepping I'm stepping back a bit because I have to because again, especially my my son is about to be thirteen, like he's becoming his own person, mm. and there's no way that he's gonna be able to become his own person with me always like in his ear trying to tell him like don't do that like especially when you think back to yourself at those exactly. ages like your parents kind of gave you that freedom to find yourself like they didn't allow you to just wild out with no guidance but at the same time like you said like your mom wasn't sitting there in your ear constantly nagging you she's like you know which is right for wrong don't make me talk to you boy like i heard this guy say something the other day and he goes watch myron golden he said um if you love somebody you'll let them fall if you don't it why wouldn't you that's always the best moments in life. Mm-hmm. You never learn from being held and cradled, and like you don't learn from that. You don't learn from being happy. You never, nobody ever learns from being happy. You learn from struggling. So if you really love somebody, <laughs> you, know you gotta let them struggle. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think that's important, especially like because m- most men, like you're being, like you said, you're being upfront and honest. Most men are in your position where as a child, they may have made decisions that when they're older, like, okay, I probably was moving a little recklessly. You don't regret your kids. You don't regret any of the lessons learned. But now you're saying like you're molding into that man that you always viewed yourself. So yeah. it, it's a, um, I think it's like a full circle story. And for you to be so upfront and honest in this interview and just with these questions period I think it's going to be um, very beneficial for mostly the men especially mm-hmm. in the black community to see an example of someone who's probably been in your position been through the same things but it's not over I think in our community we get stuck a lot with not thinking past 21 or right. what the rest of our life is and now that I'm like 27 I realized yo the rest of our life is kind of just getting started right. like the greatest years are, are right. to come like yeah. as a kid it was cool but I was stressed the fuck out trying, right. to, trying to get my shit together right. and then I was like well I needed a job I needed this at the third and right. that's not going to come until I'm up of a certain age so it's like I really want our, the kids now to understand life has not started for you in no way shape or right. form so you need to be a little bit more mindful of the choices you're making cause like 
especially in our community in Harrisburg alone, we see it all the time. Kids are going to jail for longer than they've been alive yeah. for a five second decision. Insane. Like, yeah. and I feel bad for him, but at the same time, it's like you gotta. Those were your actions. Those are your consequences. So yeah. it's a tough lesson to learn, but Absolutely. it's something that you know has to happen and um, kind of to keep go back into the business. Um, because you spoke on it earlier, when you first started out, you didn't necessarily have the understanding of marketing and branding yourself. Mm-hmm. And then once the hotheads came along, I feel like it's when it all kind of fell mm-hmm. into circle for you. Because I started noticing it from kind of like other people like in the city doing campaigns, like posting up in shirts. I'm like, whose yeah, brand is this? Where did this right. come from? All that joint's kind of fire. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing it more and more. So was that like a conscious decision yeah, to start right. linking with different people in the city who have a look already? Yep. Everything's on purpose. Every every single thing I do now has a purpose behind it. I, I never anything you if you keep seeing hot heads, it's definitely been planned out. You know no, what I mean? Like, I kept seeing like, okay. everything down to the podcast, down to the performances, down to uh, linking with people, down to influencer marketing, down to everything's on purpose. You know? Yes. Now, how do you come up with the designs? Because you said you don't draw anymore. So where is the creative process behind? the concept with the um, clothing designs? Um, it depends on what it, what it is. Uh, I, my wife paints. It's sometimes I take like some, some things she'll paint or I get her to paint something and then I'll put that together like that. Um, sometimes I'm looking in the comic book and you may see something. That right there is from a photo shoot actually. Yeah, I noticed. I'm like, some of these photos I've seen. Of- yeah, those are real people. Yeah. So some of it, I'll take a photo shoot I do and um, I'll turn it into an image. Uh, yeah, like that. Just try, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty much just like your whatever inspires you in right, a sense. That's it. And are you in charge of the full production process, literally like from getting the shirt to printing it to putting it on the wall? Unfortunately, yes. I'm I'm ready to get out of that though. Um, so do you have a system to keep in the product in stock? Like, because mm. you're a full time father, full time husband, and it's not like the walls are thin with right. one or two products. Right, so it's right. like. Um, is there a system? It used to be. Now, no, because I pretty much do appointment only now. So I, I'm able to manage everything more easier now. So once somebody comes in and shops, I already have an understanding of like what needs to be done or if I need to switch something out or whatever versus the store, which was, you know, earlier in the year and uh, last year, you know, the store being open. And then I, I, I had to have a, like a system and understanding what's, you know, going in and out. But now, no, that's why I like I like doing appointment only. Right, and has the appointment only also been like kind of a transition to be more smart business-wise from like all the time you just being open and not receiving no traffic and mm. or more so to help balance the family life? Actually, um, so I did appointment only before I opened this store. So th- this used to wasn't half and half before. It used to be full joint. You know, mm-hmm. if, you've seen the, if you've ever seen pictures before, it was full, all clothes and all that type of stuff. So before I opened this shop and we were down there... Um, I did a point on it, and it did really well. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do is have a more exclusive that experience. That's, that's like some exclusive stuff right there. So like, you know when you come, all right, it's just going to be me in here, or maybe me and somebody else. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, take my time. It's, it's more of an experience, and um, I know I'm trying to build a community of people around high heads. I want to build up a real community of people, and... If you're willing to take the time to make an appointment, that must mean you really care mm-hmm. about this brand. You know? 
No, and that's dope. I because like, I was thinking that if I come to the store and I feel like he's opening up the doors for me and I get to shop, you know what I'm saying? You need anything? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm a superstar. Like, right, it's a whole nother you got some water. Here? Like, let me get some water. Right, you gonna maybe start doing that? I'm gonna start really? water. Sl- I got slushy. I'm gonna start slushy. Slushy, something. Like, give me a little pretzel. I'm hungry. Right, but no, that's dope. Um, and. Since you started like doing an appointment only, you said like it has been a better response. And, mm-hmm. and were you nervous at first that it wouldn't be received mm-hmm. real? Cause I did it before. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, um, do you you receive most of your sales from the appointments only, or do you have a high um, online presence as well? Uh, it's pretty equal, honestly. It's pretty equal. Um, I I do influencer marketing, so you know in that aspect. You know, you can, you know, get it going like that. It's pretty equal. I'm going to tell you the truth. It's pretty equal. It's pretty equal. And, and you know, sometimes, some weeks it can be, you know. Fluctuate, can, yeah, but overall it balances about Yeah, it's and, pretty equal. That's good. Um, did you always have an online presence before you kind of this wave? Or did that kind of pick up as you started to market yourself more? Mm, it's when I started marketing more. Yeah. Now, um, in addition to the store and the Hot Heads brand itself, you have the podcast and the live performances. Mm-hmm. So, when did you decide to transition into those fields? I like this. All right, now listen to mm-hmm. this. Listen to this. This is, man, listen, I'm about to give some game real quick. So, I read this book. Um, the guy, Myron Golden, I was just talking about. I read it. It was a book called Boss Moves. Everybody in business needs to get the book, Boss Moves, all right? And I also watch him on like podcasts and stuff like that. The importance of building a community, if you have a community, this is like the one of the greatest understandings I have in business. If you have a community of people that follow your brand, you'll never have you'll never have a problem eating. Because they're always there. Like always there. Mm-hmm. Think about any think about Apple, think about any big business. It's people that just go to sheets, never go to any other get, yeah, yeah. only sheets. That's their community. You will never even think. It's like, dude, I'm driving past Turkey Hill. I'm driving past Shell. Yeah. I'm going to Sheets. Sheets build a community. Most people don't even know they're in the Sheets community. You know what I mean? <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm in there. I'm in. Yeah. You're in the Sheets community. You don't even know it. So you think about all the big things. The things you buy consistently, it's because they fi- figure out a way how to put you in their community. Mm-hmm. My, from the beginning of High Heads, I have... My, most of my customer base has been um, rappers, artists, uh, entrepreneurs. So I said, all right, this is what I'm about to do. I got to build a, a place where they can build as well. I want to be able to give value to the people that give me value. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm basically building a... Um, it's Pretty like much a, build, a hub. Right, you know what I mean? So it's like a house, and this house is for us. Mm-hmm. It's for the community. And so everything I do is wrapped around that. The podcast is wrapped around that. The live performances, it's giving them exactly what they want. It's easier to give somebody what they want than it is to give somebody something they don't want. Mm-hmm. I never, ha- I, I don't have to ask people to come on and come on the podcast. I don't got to ask. People want to be on the podcast. I don't got to ask people to do live performance. They want to be. Yeah. They want it. Artists want a place where they can do their stuff. They want it. Yeah. So it's like, why don't I just build a place for them to do what they do? And my community grows from me doing that. And what has been the response to the segment? Awesome. Awesome. It's been great. Um, everybody. I get messages all the time 
saying how much people are like, man, I've been watching for so long. I'm so proud of you. I look up to you. I learned so much from what you're doing. Like, I get these messages. And when people come in here um, that, that's known me or don't know me, I'm going to tell you people that don't know me, like, man, like, what you're doing is on a whole nother level. And it's like, yo, I don't understand how you, like, where's the thinking come from? And yeah, and people ask me, like, they can sit down and talk. Like, it's, it's really... I, I didn't see it happening that fast, you know? And for years, people, I always had a respect, had, people always respected me because, you know, all the businesses I have, I've always looked out for people, whether it's like, I'm gonna put your brand in the store or I'm willing to give you this information, whatever. So people older than me and younger than me respected me for years. And um, this is sort of a way to keep building that, building the relationships and stuff. And like show that. your appreciation for it. That's definitely dope. And you also do the editing for the show, the Absolutely. posting for the show. Like you're like really a one stop shop. Like <laughs> I'm trying to get out of it. Though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah, I know it's, it's exhausting, but it also has to feel rewarding for you to like wake up and look at like, yo, like I got a whole store. Yeah. I did my third, fourth store, and it's, right. it's popping. I got a podcast. I yeah. got a live performance, and the people are loving it. So right. yeah. it, it was a lot to get to this point, but it's definitely like gives you more energy to keep pushing and going because, like, like you said, eventually you won't be working in the shop. Right. Eventually you'll have a distribution center. Like, Absolutely. You're going to be that millionaire. Absolutely. Um, now, like I just said, you're, where you work hard in every aspect of your life, so what do you want your kids to take from seeing you do all these different ventures even when you fail and continue to strive again. The model of high heads, we can do any mother thing. I want them to understand that you can literally do anything you want if you put your mind to it. I, my kids is around all the time, so I like, they, they're able to see the process. I was, yo, crazy. Just last night, I was laying down and I was like, a lot of people don't realize, even when you get to where you wanted to be, it's not where you want to be, right? I had a moment last night where it was like, I'm still nowhere near where I want to be, right? But I sat back and I remember a couple years ago. Matter of fact, I was looking through text messages and I seen messages me and my wife was having from, for, we was you know, having between each other. And I'm like, that was our problem a couple years ago? <laughs> wow, like. And I'm sitting there like, and we complaining about right now when we are exactly where we wanted to be then now. Like we're kinda right? blew your mind a little it's bit. It's crazy. I'm like, oh shoot, we're there. Like right now. But I want my kids to understand that you can literally do anything. You just gotta be willing to do the work. You know, you gotta count the cost. Like, are you willing? I heard somebody say this, he's like, yo, I'm a, it's a millionaire. He's like, I'm a millionaire. And he said, I, want, I always wanted to be a billionaire. He was like, but one day I sat down and I thought about it. Am I willing to do the work to be a billionaire? He said, no, I'm not. <laughs> He's not. Hey. And I preach, like, you got to understand that. You got to count the cost. People want to be millionaires. Listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. Oh, man. The dude Myron Golden, I love this dude. I love him. You know Eric Thomas? No. You don't know Eric? Oh, my God. Eric Thomas, Myron Golding. You got to look them up. You got to study these guys. These guys. Oh, my goodness. Two guys that changed my life. Myron Golding said something that stuck with me. And it could be so simple, but if you really grasp this, your life can change. He said, all right, basically, success is about input-output. So you'll never be you'll never be able to get the thing if you don't become the person that can get the thing. So look at this. Look at, think of it as working out. This is how life works. Think about it as working out. You walk into the gym, first time in the gym, and you like, 
350. I'm putting it on the bench right now. Can you lift that 350? Probably not. Impossible. <laughs> Why can't you lift the 350? Because I never did it before. You didn't prepare to lift 350. You didn't even lift 150 yet. I ain't never lift nothing. You got to get to the point. You got to get your body prepared. Mm -hmm. Once you become the thing, you can do the thing. Mm -hmm. So I spend my life thinking about, I want to be a millionaire. I got to figure out who's the person that can be a millionaire. Because right now, I'm exactly, I have exactly what I have because of who I am as a person. It's not that I don't. It's not the work I do. It's the person I am. I am. You, if you become the person, the thing is inevitable. Like you're going to. You're it's going to. It's going to come regardless because the person has literally manifested it into reality. Yeah. Now I follow you. I'm I'm right there with you because I have so many examples in my personal life now yeah. where I can say like, dang, that really did happen, and I was thinking it would never. Like right. I can't even fathom that. Yeah. But that's definitely dope. You and your wife, y'all both are like full-time mm-hmm. business owners as well as parents and things. So how do you guys keep or make time for just y'all like to keep the relationship, the marriage fresh with not being so much pressure? Or do y'all both find the joy in the growth that that is y'all, y'all happy place? All that, actually. So the way we find she only does paint parties three days a week okay. at night. Two hours, three hours. So they ain't taking out too much. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, she does paint parties. The kids asleep. You know what I mean? I do appointment only. And maybe I'll come in when I want to. I may come in on like a Saturday and open up for a couple hours or something. I might do that. But honestly, we got time. So <laughs> it's like, it's like, and it wasn't that way at first. So we basically created that life. That's one of them things I sat back and I reflected on. Like, I, I'm able to sit with my kids as long as I want. And bills are paid. <laughs> and you know, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's different. I sat back and, and, and no shade to anybody that worked or anything like that. I was talking. I, I got to a point where I thought, like, certain people were, were still, like, were, were, like, full-time entrepreneurs. And I realized most people are not full-time entrepreneurs. And I didn't. So it made me respect it even more. I'm like, dang, man, I got to stop complaining. Because... I'm I'm exactly where I wanted to I'm exactly where I want to be and I got to appreciate the moment. I can't mm-hmm. I can't sit here and keep I'm in a great space right now, great you know what space. I mean? I'm like, man, I get the if I wanted to I could wake up when I want to. I don't, but I wake I can wake up when I want to. If I wanted to my my 7-year-old, he's homeschooled. I can say, "All right, you ain't going to school for a couple of days and we going to mm-hmm. go somewhere." Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Or we're going to bring the work along and we going like the ability to do that, I definitely, even, I'm, I ain't gonna front, I don't appreciate it now enough, you know what I mean? But I need to start appreciating the fact of, dang. But like you said, you're probably just realizing in your mind that you're at that space because you're so used to being in grind mode that when you finally put your head up, you're like, wait a second. Right. I don't, where, yeah, wait, when did we get here? That's like, a real thing. When like, did we get here? <laughs> that's a real thing, man, and it really caught me off guard. No, that's 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 definitely a point because that I kind of had a similar realization for myself when one day I woke up and I'm like, I kind of am a director, a photographer, mm. editor. Like I know I feel like I still need to build up, but I've been doing mad stuff, so right. I got to start thinking of myself in that light in order to continue right. to be carried in that that's light. True, because 1, it's for us like, well, for me, I know it was 
I knew I was always going to do something. I just didn't know what it was. So when right. I found my path, I'm like, all right, this is cool. Like, all right, I'm going to push my all into it. But then I wasn't comfortable with speaking my greatness. I wasn't mm. comfortable with saying, like, uh, I'm good or I know I'm going to be good without having nothing behind it. But just mm. knowing, like, I'm telling y'all, God told me, like, it's like he's going to, I'm yeah. telling y'all, please get down. Because when y'all see the end product, I'll be I'm like, yo, she wasn't lying. I'm like, and you're dope at this. I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't expect you to be this good. That's like, what everybody keeps I saying. I keep telling them. I'm like, like, you're I'm dope cold. at like, this. I'm cold. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah, like, like, the way you're flowing with it, like, that's dope. Like, you're, I'm talking and you're... First of all, rest- I'm sorry, I'm about to, I, I just, I'm, do you, think? you know, I do this too. So I'm like, I, I see it from probably a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard. You can respect, you know what I I'm respect, saying? it's not that easy to me say something to you and you able to restate it and then come up with another conversation. Flow, like that we're literally just talking. Right. Like these, I'm like, I told you we sat on the track, we like an hour conversation. Right. An hour, like, nah, we're really about to sit here yeah. and talk and you're going, I'm going to inflict question that's going to make you want to keep right. coming out of it. And I always had that ability, but like I said, before it all came to clue, I never knew why I was good at certain things mm. and how it was going to transition into a overall hub. But then when I found it out, I'm like, Yo, God is so funny, yo. Yeah. Like, he is one of the funniest people I ever met. Yeah. Um, hey, yo, I'm about to interview her next. Yeah, I said, we about to <laughs> so we're going to save my story for, for, you, hey. for yours. I did just have a few more questions um, mm-hmm. to wrap it up. Now, like we said, we just touched on a lot that you've accomplished, and you coming to the point where you realize you kind of are where you work, wanted to work to be. Yeah. When you think back to probably when you lost your first store, when everything wasn't going to how you were planned, mm-hmm. what is something that you would tell yourself? In, excuse me, tell yourself um, in that moment, like you're here now. But if you can go back to when you lost that store, mm-hmm. what would you say to yourself? Love it. That's what I would say. Love this moment. This moment I didn't understand back then. All right. Right now in my life, I understand that anytime pressure comes, I'm about to go to a whole nother level. Like, because every time a problem comes, I got to go to another level to get that, get it going. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to become a different person so that I never had that problem again. So, when I would tell myself, love it. Love this moment. Don't run from it. Don't, don't stress over it. It's life. Everybody goes through the same problem. There's not one person... It's not different for anybody. Mm-hmm. We create something, we suck. We got if we don't reevaluate, we lose it. That's a and fact. it's just consistent. No matter what level I go on, the cycle is still the same. Mm-hmm. I do something new, I suck. You know, get better. Get better. You know, so definitely. Now, um, what, what, what is your goal for the Hotheads brand? Where do you see yourself taking us in the next five to ten lifetime? I want high heads. If you're familiar with Supreme, yep. Supreme has built something that's beyond clothing. Like high heads is not clothes. Like this is what y'all see, but I'm creating a lifestyle, lifestyle. behind it. Mm-hmm. When I say we can do any motherfucking thing, like that's what I'm trying to really show people. Like you really can do anything. There's no there's no boundary. There's no wall there's no ceiling there's you can literally do anything and i i want like this year i'm gonna just i'm gonna say this real quick this is, it goes it goes with it but i decided i'm gonna do less design and more of just high heads mm-hmm. more of just high because i want to push this on you so that you understand this is high heads like this is not this is a movement this is a a propaganda if i want to say like i want to make people better i want people to see that they're better i want they to under like 
high heads is aggressive. That's why it's high heads. Like mm-hmm. it's aggressive. I want you to aggressively change. I want you to get mad at life, like and really be like, yo. I'm taking over. Like I know my head. Can't stop me. Like that's my mindset. So my my the end goal is making it a turning it into a community that can change the world, change lives, change your perspective on what a brand is. Like I don't know any brand owners, big or small, who sits down with their community and has conversations with them about their life. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sitting down with people talking to them about why you like high heads. Right, no, you're talking to the person about the person. About the person. So I'm doing things to build the community up even more, mm-hmm. you know. No, I definitely respect it. And I think that it's probably what is setting you apart from just the brain is that we can see the person behind it. We see the work behind it, but you're also investing in the community that's right. invested in you. Absolutely. And I know for me, I always respect that person more. Like you respect my dollar, and you want to help right. me. All right, well, come on, I'm gonna spend money with you. Like, oh man, it's different. Now, um, and then just another wrap. So, what are your hopes and goals for your family? Uh, I just want, honestly, I just want to be free. I want to be free, and I want us to be have the highest form of communication that we can have. You know, my kids are gonna go through what they want to go through, and I want them to go through it. I'm, I'm not wishing for my kids to have a great life. I want them to have their life. Long story short. That's real. Forget all that great life stuff. Go through your experience and do it to the best of your ability. Something that really changed my mindset in the beginning of the year. Because I told myself after this year, I'll never have another year like this year. And I said to myself, I sat down having this conversation. I said, yo, this is your only life, Josh. Live that joint. This is it. Like, I put it in real perspective. We all know this is it. Yeah, but no, but this is it. do you know this? Like, why not fail? This is all, this is it. Why, why not drop the ball a couple, th- this is it. I say, they remember your successes more anyway. Exactly. So, we just going to sit here and just do whatever it is. Do whatever it is. This is what, what I tell my kids. Do whatever it is you want to do. Just do it right. I told my, he used to start playing baseball. I said, you know that we ain't just playing baseball out here, right? I said, if you're going to do this, we're going to do it. You're going to be the best out here because why else do, do it? Do it, yeah. What are we striving well, for? Well, you think, we, think I'm taking time of my day to watch you play? <laughs> you got brothers and sisters, brother. <laughs> we can go to the park. Yeah. Like, I'm not here to watch you play. I'm, I'm, I want to be here. I want to see you dominate, bro. Like, dominate this joint. Mm-hmm. And I want them to understand, like, that's the, the approach you take and all you doing. We're going to get out here and we're going to do our best. I, I don't care about the school system at all. I don't care about you getting good grades at all. Tell you the truth. The reason why I push good grades is because it does something to your character. Mm-hmm. When you say, I don't I don't really feel like doing this. But I did it. But I did it. And I did it very well. That builds a whole mm-hmm. other type of character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got me talking today, man. Nah, hey. You preaching. Because I remember those moments where I didn't do my best on the assignment when I knew I could have. Then I got my grade back. I'm like, I done fucking sold myself short. You know I'm better at myself than I am at the actual grade when I knew I could have killed that. So, it, not to say school ain't important, but school isn't important for the actual thing they teach you, but more so for the character it's that the is built character. Within. Because I don't use anything from school. I'm going to take... I use math, math reading, <laughs> I use reading and writing. And writing. <laughs> that are the only three things I use. And I didn't do none of those really in school. <laughs> I did it after school. I knew to read, but in school, I never, I didn't read a book until I graduated high school. I'm going to say, yeah, I was, school would only been 
become more beneficial if they teach us the things we actually need to know as far as balancing the business sheet, doing our taxes, things like that. Life skills. Yeah. Like, man, emotional management. Like, Shit that like actually that. affects why kids is coming in here shooting up the fucking school. Right. Like. They doing everything but that. I'm like, what, adjectives? <laughs> I don't even Ad- know. Adverbs? <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> Go to work. Hey, look. Get them adverbs together, bro. Like, Dude, I don't we even don't know. use ab. What is ab? I First still off, don't know. The English language is probably one of the most confusing languages right. I ever thought about. <laughs> Why we got like, all these different things? That means the same <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nah, for real, that makes me so angry. Like, but um, <laughs> no, I definitely enjoyed this conversation with you. You helped enlighten me, enlighten me, and put a different type of motivation behind. Because I like linking with people who are like minded and mm-hmm. understand what it's like to believe in yourself. And like I said, now I don't feel weird when I say like, no, I'm I'm like the goat. Right, <laughs> like, like, exactly. Like, what would you do to be the goat? I existed, nigga. I done did some exactly. shit. Like, goat, I did it. Like, yep. so I respect that. Um, definitely tell the people where to find you. All the official hot hit gears. Um, we'll have it up on the screen as well. But just go ahead, and drop that for them. Yeah. So uh, you can find us at uh, at Hot Head Shop. That's the main page. Uh, hot Heads Times Podcast. That's the podcast page. Hot Heads Live. That's the page with the lives and the performances and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, don't worry about mine. You can find me. Uh, just go to High Heads. If you go to High Heads shop, you'll find me somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, and then you can uh, go to the website, www.highheadshop.com. Um, yeah, there it is. All right. Um, again, thank you for sitting down and talking with us. I thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed this conversation. I love running my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tidy conversations. We out. Absolutely.